the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead. I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And as I've shared with you in the past, in addition to my Juris Doctorate degree, I also hold a couple of master's degrees in law. One of them is a Master of the Laws of Taxation Law, and the other is a Master of the Law of Intellectual Property Laws. Now, I have these degrees because in addition to the law, I also have a a lifelong interest in taxation, (laughs) or said another way, how to legitimately limit my client's taxable amount, because that's not against the law, it's not tax evasion. And uh, as some of you know, before um, going into the area of law, I was initially trained by a really great employer at the time, Pacific Bell, and AT&T, because at the time, uh, Pacific Bell, the telephone company here in California, was part of the AT&T network before they got broken up by divestiture. When I went to work for them, they spent a lot of money training me to be a telecommunications engineer. Uh, that because I found out early on that I had an aptitude for engineering, and I really, really enjoyed it. So as a result of my understanding of the technical issues and aspects of um, telephony and data processing and the like, I was interested in how um, the law impacts those areas. And this is a really burgeoning area of, of law and technology that I would urge young people to focus on because uh, it should become quite clear to all of us that getting a degree in STEM, that is to say science, technology, engineering, and math, um, coupled with an understanding of the legal aspects in that area will take you a long way and getting one of the jobs of the future that um, we all need to uh, figure as uh, COVID-19 is making more and more companies focus on AI, artificial intelligence, electronic vehicles, a la Tesla, and the like. And I just tell young people they need to focus on that, and it will 
inure to their benefit and their family's benefit, especially uh, as I'm going to be talking about today what it is that seniors need to consider as uh, we get ready to retire. I'm talking about the financial aspects thereof. But at any rate, that's why, you know, people have asked me, why do I have, you know, degrees in, in these bizarre areas? And it's because this is an interest of mine. If you're interested in money, you need to know about how the government is going to tax you. Some of the taxes are going to be good for you, like some of the taxes that uh, come off employees and employers uh, inure to the benefit of Social Security and uh, Medi-Cal, Medicare, the things that you need for your medicine. So you need to understand that there are good taxes as well as bad taxes. And you need to understand about intellectual property law. So that's why I have these degrees. Now, both of my great master's degrees were obtained at my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in one of the most beautiful cities in the world, close to one of the hub of the technology, STEM technology, Silicon Valley, but it started in San Francisco. Uh, so Francisco is where um, my alma mater is located, Golden Gate University. They have an excellent program uh, teaching about the law and technology, but they also have an excellent business school that can teach you about the business of technology as well. Now, because of my training, my experiences, and my lifelong interest in the area of business, business development, and economics, and the role these um, um, analytical tools play in the lives of everyday people, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, because believe it or not, as I've shared with you before, in my mind, there's this two-headed coin called entrepreneurship. And on the one side is the company that's going very well, like some of these new startups down in Silicon Valley. And actually, some of them, uh, after they, in the startup phase, they file bankruptcy to get rid of the debt that was required in the startup phase. And they start out as a new entity uh, when they want to make themselves a publicly traded company. They ha are, don't have much debt and they have lots of um, equity in their intellectual property uh, because they were able to shed the debt. So bankruptcy makes sense to somebody who's interested in economics of a business. I also do debt wealth management estates and trusts. So senior people, when they're young, they can put things in trust to protect it from their creditors. Perhaps, perhaps not. Real estate, that is the um, asset class that historically has inured the most benefit to individuals and families as far as wealth creation is concerned. And of course, how all of these areas are taxed. And I'm proud to say that as part of my overall practice, I sometimes have the opportunity to at least seek out and attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors, my favorite class of people, even before I became one myself, because I was raised uh, partially, mostly by my grandparents. And when somebody starts picking on a senior's finances because they think we're like, they can blow us over with a lot of crap, I get my hackles up and makes me want to fight for these clients, at least attempt to fight for for them to preserve their you know their economic well-being in the their senior years times when they um you know sometimes don't have anybody else to help them so i'm coming to you again today 
um, as I continue in my voluntary lockdown in my makeshift studios in my home in one of the other great Bay Area cities, the always beautiful Oakland, California, to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. But as always, I must caution you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful as you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least an outline of some of the issues that may be helpful to you as you seek out qualified professional help. Um, That because, as I'm known for saying, um, you know, representing yourself in a legal matter, especially one concerning your finances, is like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. If you're lucky and your adversary is asleep and you can sneak up on her, you might be able to scratch her on the arm with your butter knife or poke her in the eye. But more than likely, you're going to be the one that's dead on arrival. I'm not talking about you as a mortal being, but I'm talking about your valid claims and your righteous defenses, and they will end up seeing the promised land way before you do. So again, as I've shared with you before, the purpose of Selwyn's Law, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law related to your money and your finances, or unfortunately, in today's circumstance, more likely than not the lack thereof, and what you need to consider to protect your and or your families and or your small businesses and or your employees' health, wealth, and money-related well-being as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening educational form. So today, we're going to continue our discussion of the stock market and why there's a divergence between the stock market well, it's, it's, it's having a, a bit of a rough uh, week, a tummy ache. But for the last few months while we've been in COVID-19, areas of the stock market have been going up. While the overall economy is, you know, at the very least stagnant, but, you know, really, as far as unemployment and, and people having the ability to fend for themselves and, and make enough to take care of themselves, it's been going the other way. Um, so... Um, you know, we're going to take this slight detour and um, talk about something near and dear to my heart. That is to say why folks who are facing retirement are going to have a hard time making ends meet in the current economic environment. Some of it brought on by COVID and the unemployment uh, situation. That is to say people are, or have been laid off maybe in the years when they ha- had anticipated making substantial amounts of money to invest in their retirement. Um, and that's because, um, but, but some of it is just generally people don't save enough money. Um, and that's because most middle-class, white, working-class folks have nothing saved for retirement. Um, that because most working stiffs don't have an employer who offers them access to a company-supported 401k, the vehicle most workers use to save for retirement. And those who do have access to these kinds of accounts 
only have on the whole, on average, $40,000 saved. With those who are reaching retirement, that is to say folks who are 55 to 64 years of age, only having $88,000 in a nest egg. And unfortunately, because of historic patterns of uh, economic discrimination, blacks and browns have less than $10,000. So, you know, I found a great chart uh, in in one of the uh, magazines that I subscribe to, but they show that the overall in America, people have $40,000. Young people have $11,000 saved. People 35 to 44 have about $35,000 saved. Folks between 45 and 54 have $60,000 saved. And people in the 55 to 64 age bracket have that $88,000. Now, I got to tell you, um, $88,000 is nothing to you know turn your nose up at. But I got to tell you, if the average healthy 65-year-old who retires today can expect to live to reach age 90, 88,000 ain't gonna make it. It's jump change. And $10,000, well, I don't know what to say. So that's what our topic is going to be today. Let's be real about what it is that we need to do to prepare for a, a healthy uh, retirement where we have enough money to take care of ourselves. So when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion of what retiring seniors need to consider before we retire. But first, we're going to take a short break. And I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion on what seniors need to consider as uh, they prepare for the, hopefully, the best years of their lives, you know, uh, between age 65 and 90, where they can do a lot of things. They can help with their grandkids. They can maybe get a second career. Maybe they can teach, you know, or maybe they can just travel. But you know what? You need money to do any of those things. And as I shared with you before, people have not been saving money for their retirement. Again, uh, the median retirement account for those with savings, because the vast majority of people don't have any savings, but the vast majority of of people who do have savings, and this my source is, um, Brown, J.E., Sadad Lester, J. Oakley. Um, it's a 1918 report ent- uh, entitled Retirement in America, Median Account Balances of Working Aged Individuals with Positive Retirement Account Balances. So I'm going to put a pin in that. There are some folks who have retirement accounts with negative balances, where they have borrowed from their retirement account and they're paying it back. But what if they got laid off in the last six months because of COVID? They weren't able to pay it back and maybe um, they got fired. So they have a negative balance. And if you take money out of a retirement account before you reach the retirement age, you have to, that those are non-tax savings. You pay a tax on them and a 10% penalty. So a lot of folks are in, gonna be in trouble. But again, uh, this report looked at overall 
how much people who had a, a retirement account, generally these are IRAs or uh, 401ks, if the company is your employer is contributing to them, overall $40,000. Uh, people between 21 and 34, $11,000. People between 35 and 44, $35,000. People between 45 and 54, $60,000. And people closest to retirement, age 55 to 64, $88,000. But as I shared with you, 88000 is nothing to you know, turn your nose at because most people don't have that. And they, they you know, do anything for that. But if you're 65 and you expect to live and you can expect to live to be age 90 if you're healthy, 88000 is less than $1,000 a year for each of those years. I mean, well, okay, it's 25 additional years. So 88,000 divided by 25,000 is, is not enough money. You need more, okay? How much do you need? Well, according to experts in the field, including Brian Fry, a certified planner at Safe Landing Financial, who contributed to a March 14, 2020 article written by Tanza Lauterbach in a publication entitled Business Insider, and the article is entitled How Much Money You Need to Retire at 65 and Live on It Out of Investment Income Till You Reach Age 90. Well, if you want to live off of $100,000 a year, that is to say you want a pot of funds to fund your retirement, and you believe you need $100,000 a year, that means the day you retire, you need $2.5 million invested on the day you leave work. Well, you say, well, I don't need $100,000 a year. I can get by on $65,000 a year. Well, if that's the case, you need a starting balance on the day you retire of $1.6 million in a taxable investment account. Now, the investment, the, the funds that uh, this particular um, uh, Mr. Fry is talking about is a taxable account. It's not Social Security. So if you're going to get Social Security, um, you don't need quite as much. But as you know, uh, they are. There are people in power today who are doing things to um, upset the Social Security Apple Cart. So there are some people that are saying um, there won't be um, much money available to um, retire on using strictly Social Security. So I'm not doing uh, doom and gloom. I'm just trying to put the facts out before you uh, for you to decide where you fit in. So again, according to Mr. Fry, you need um, uh, nearly $2.6 million uh, at age 65 to have enough um, income, taxable income to let you meet or reach age 90 in, in some kind of comfortable living. And uh, that's if you need $100,000 a year. If you need $65,000 a year, it's reduced by almost a million dollars. So there are some other ways to look at this. Say you have $300,000 
uh, saved for your retirement? Well, according to Bank of America's Merle Lynch in a 2016 study, if you had a nest egg of $300,000, you could withdraw $12,000 a year to live off of, but this $300,000 would have to be invested in a vehicle that would replenish itself, and that is to say, generate enough to increase um, the $12,000 that you take out to replenish it. And say you had a nest egg of a million dollars, you could, with the appropriate kind of account that was growing, you could pull out $40,000 a year to live off of. And similar to what Mr. Uh, Fry is saying in his research, if you had a nest egg of $1.5 million, you could take out $60,000 a year. But again, these aren't stagnant pools of money. These are pools that are regenerating themselves in the stock market. Um, some say 60% in uh, equities, those are stocks, and 40% in uh, income-producing um, uh, vehicles such as bonds. So I'm sharing this with you uh, today because I think that we're cruising for a bruising as a society. Uh, it's a barbell society that's cruising for a bruising. We're not educating our young folks to be engineers and, 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 and technologists, and nor should everyone have to be that to survive. There are other ways we as a society can make sure that we spread the wealth amongst um, uh, many folk, but we are not doing those kinds of things now. So it's kind of like if you have young folks in your family, you got to figure out how to generate enough money to send your child to the best um, technical schools uh, that they can get in. And we're going to have to break down discriminatory walls that keep black and brown young folks from being able to go to these technical schools. You know, I was very fortunate. When I was in my uh, early 20s, my late teens, actually, I got recruited by uh, the Bell system and, and they trained me. And there was a, a bit of animosity uh, by the, the mostly white men uh, that uh, were in my class. Uh, but so what? You know, uh, we're going to have to do that to make sure that everybody has an ex- an opportunity to get trained and be able to take care of themselves. And then on the other end of the bar, well, we got to make sure that as people retire, they don't fall off the cliff and find themselves in poverty because they can't take care of themselves. So that's the reason why we're having this discussion today. We need to figure out what it is that we we can do as individuals and as a society to uh, open up opportunities for all of us to be able to take care of ourselves in our old age, because I got to tell you, the money just ain't there and we can't do this by ourselves. So uh, when we um, get together again, again, let me emphasize the future of social security is uncertain Uh, because of some of the political moves that are being undertaken today. And in fact, 
it is believed that um, there won't be a whole lot of money available uh, after um, uh, mid, well, actually after 2025, and we might end up having to take a 25% cut in our social security payment. So we got to figure out something else to do. So I'm going to leave it there for now. And until next time, uh, we always here at Selwyn's Law want to leave you with this note. We want to stay on the right side of the law, including the laws of numbers, <laughs> large numbers and small numbers. We need to figure out how to grow a nest egg that can keep us safe in our retirement. Till next time, take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. 